Hey guys, so uh, these are the ads. I try to make them as enjoyable as possible. So right now, just in terms of who we work with, so we do work with a company called OVOU Smart Cards. And what they do essentially is that they have one business card that has all the business information you want and it acts like a regular business card. And let's be real here. Who actually gives out those physical business cards and leaves a lasting impression? I usually just throw them out anyways after I just see them because I don't ever use them. But with the OVOU smart cards, what they do is that it's one single card, tap it onto a person's phone, that uploads all the business information you want, gives a lasting impression, and it also really just gets rid of the inconvenience of just carrying multiple cards. So right now I've partnered up with them to help my listeners earn discount off the card. All you gotta do is enter the discount code Joe10 at OVOU.com. That's OVOU.com to get $10 off the card. Also brought to you by one of the other companies we are working with is called Bond Board Leadership Training. Now, for those who don't know, I've actually um had Gordon Newell on the podcast a couple of times, and he's a super credible individual, former military ICF leadership coach, and he knows exactly what he's doing. So right now I've partnered up with them to help my listeners just Get a secure, free online workshop. Who doesn't want to better their life? So, I mean, I'm, that's assuming why you want to listen to this podcast. So right now, all you got to do is just go to bondborn.com and enter the discount code EARNIT, that's E-A-R-N-I-T, all lowercase letters, to get yourself a free online workshop. Lastly, also just helping a buddy's business out here is Miguel Batista Media. Now, I've known this dude since high school. He has produced about a thousand plus videos. He's worked with multiple companies and he's no, he knows what he's doing when making videos. So right now, I recommend you just go check out his Instagram, Bautista Media, if your business needs videos. Because let's be real here. If you're online, if you want to make any sort of presence, you need high quality videos. If you need help with that, Bautista Media is the man to go to. His description will be in the podcast notes below. All right, it's finally glad to have you here. Great to be here. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, reason I brought you on, a lot of different things. Um, so, f- my audience is 70% male, 23 to 35, um, and they're all about the gym life, right? So, it's the reason why I brought, your, I brought your ass <laughs> over here, right? Diet. Oh, yeah. Yes. What do you want to know? Fucking, okay, so... <laughs> So it's a really broad overview. So I'm just gonna kind of bring up some points that my people want to hear. My people, fuck me. Who, the, who do you think I am? I think it's an asshole when I say that. My crew. <laughs> my crew. My people. My disciples. I'm like Jesus Followers. Christ. I'm like Jesus Christ or something. Yeah. Crack, cracking open a can while we talk about diet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drinking some beer with the nutritionist. I'm having a witch. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, Shauna. Yeah. Good to be here. Good, yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I'm happy even good to have, come on, right? Time is, time is precious, right? So I don't want to waste your time. Um, okay, so a couple different things. Uh, number one is just certain diets. So there are obviously many, many diets like watching your macros, intermittent fasting, uh, keto, uh, and the ketogenic diet, and obviously paleo. That's kind of like 
the things uh, my people talk about. Why the hell do I keep saying my people? What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me? That uh, my audience uh, talks about. So I was kind of wondering if you can kind of break those down and see, number one, are they really myths or are they tr or do they have some sort of merit to them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I suppose when it comes to any diet, it really depends on the individual's goal. Mm -hmm. So that's always the first thing that you want to consider. So you probably hear me say a lot during this, it depends. Because when it comes to nutrition and science... You might have to speak a, a, a bit louder. Okay. Yeah. When it comes to nutrition and science and exercise and all that, it always depends on the individual. So that's the first thing that you have to think about. So from an individual perspective, what I'd always go back to is in any consultation, any given consultation, you want to find out about the person. You want to find out about their goals, their schedule. Um, are they just your normal Joe Soap? Or are they a professional athlete where they have a bit more time on their hands? So there are some of the things you want to first, firstly consider. Um, then if you want to go into some of the different diets, like you mentioned intermittent fasting, and I'm sure everyone's heard of that in some way, shape or form, but the details of it or how you actually implement that then can be you know, a whole different ball game. So one of the most popular methods of intermittent fasting is called 16-8, where you fast for 16 hours and then you eat within an eight hour window. So as an example, it would be, say, you have your last meal at 8 p.m. and then you don't eat till 12 p.m. the following day. So that's your 16 hours of fasting and then your eight hour window of eating would be from 12 p.m. that following day till 8 p.m. that evening. So I suppose to quickly answer your question, there's no one diet that's kind of the be all and end all or that's kind of the perfect diet. It will always come back to the individual and their goals but again the main thing that you want to think about is calorie intake and that will not change based on the diet so if whether you do intermittent fasting your traditional eating every three to four hours keto diet paleo diet you're still going to consume the same amount of calories but the dieting method is just different. Okay, so I actually kind of want to bring it back a bit. So obviously you're a credible person to talk about this. You do have a master's <laughs> degree in this. Yeah. Yeah, so she knows what she's talking about. Do you so want me to give you a bit of background? So people are like, who's this one talking shit? <laughs> yeah, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. yeah, so I suppose I did a degree in nutritional science for four years back in Ireland. I am Irish, obviously. You can probably tell from the accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got that one yet. There's something wrong. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, four years nutritional science in um, Cork in Ireland, and then I did a master's in sports nutrition over in Liverpool in the UK. Jesus and Christ, master's degree. Then after that, I worked <laughs> with a professional. <laughs> what? Nothing. Go on, carry on. When I finished that, I worked with a professional rugby team in the UK called Sail Sharks, and then I moved home and worked with a couple of sports teams back home, and then opened up my own nutrition consultancy business, which I ran for four years before moving over to Vancouver. Ran, or is it running right now? Ran slash running still. Oh, yeah? Um, I've transitioned it to online, but not taking on as many clients as I did, because I now have a full-time job. Cool. You want, you want to put a plug-in, or I can just probably plug yeah, in, right? Yeah, the, the Nutri Show. You can find me on Instagram. Um... Yeah, I don't post a huge amount at the moment, but I am still taking on clients, but it's kind of, at the moment, my main focus is my full-time job and then transitioning over to maybe taking on more and more clients as time goes on, so. 
Yeah, so definitely know what you're talking about. That's the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what did you want to take it back to then? What did you All right, so so let's talk about that then. So 16, so 16, basically 8, 16 rule, 16, 8 rule, right? Yeah. We basically eat for the 8-hour window, then fast for the 16-hour window, right? Yeah. Okay, so in this case, though, what if they consume more cows than they recommended t- in terms of losing weight in the 8-hour window? Because it seems like it's just only as a way to minimize the amount of cows you eat during the day, right? Yeah. That's a good question, actually, because if you say, for example, you want to lose body fat and your recommended calories to do that is 2000 calories and you decide, right, I'm going to do intermittent fasting and great, that's your method, but your goal is the 2000 calories of food consumption. Um, if you go to, say, 2500 daily, then that's that means that you're still going to gain weight because you're in a calorie surplus. So. In that instance, then the method, the dieting method that you choose, aka intermittent fasting, is not effective because you're not within your calorie requirements. So the first thing that you need to consider is the energy intake that you need, the food, or the amount of energy you need to consume. The second thing then is the dieting method, and the dieting method is only appropriate if it suits you and your lifestyle and your kind of day-to-day, you know, routine. So a good example would be. For somebody who doesn't like to have food first thing in the morning, so when they wake up 8 a.m., 7 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever, they don't like to eat purely for, you know, they might not feel hungry or they want to wait a little bit of time. Intermittent fasting can be a really good method, but then you still have to, you know, consider the fact that you need to stay within your calorie recommendations or it's not going to work at all. So it comes back to the answer of it depends, right? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's it's so broad when it comes to nutrition and dieting. There's no one size fits all approach. There's no one answer. So always when I work with clients, I'll always sit them down for at least an hour and ask them about everything. It's not just diet. It's like take for example somebody who's working 40, 50 hours a week and they have four kids and they have other commitments outside of work. They're really, really busy. They don't have time to think about what they need to eat like every hour they need to have like a strategy that's going to help them kind of uh, stick to a specific dieting method and then you consider a professional athlete who has a a, you know a chef and they have a physio and they have everything to hand for them it might be easier to follow a more complex dieting strategy than you just your normal joe soap who's working nine to five monday to friday okay so let's get back to something you said so the two thousand calories Mm -hmm. so what, how would you derive that number though? Like, what is that called again? That's like your yeah, so metabolic rate, right? Or whatever it is? Yeah, so yeah. when you're calculating your calories, it's going to be based on a, a couple of different things. Yes. So the first thing is going to be your body weight. So I always. I isn't, that bu- isn't, that, isn't that bullshit though? The body, like the body mass index, the BMI? BMI is not something that I use at all. Mm-hmm. Um, more so, what I'm talking about is actual body weight. So you step on the scales and. Sorry, I use kilos because I'm just used to that not paying. <laughs> but um, just say for your normal... What about stones? <laughs> Are we in the stone age? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse the um, She's a comedian. She's a poet, but doesn't know it. She's a nutrition poet. Um, so if we think about someone who's 70 kilos, say, right? I don't know what that is in pounds, but you can do the, the maths. 150 pounds, like 150 Something like that, yeah. 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 Um, so someone who's 70 kilos, what you're going to do then to calculate your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, and that is your the calories that you require by literally doing nothing, just to survive, just for your... And how do you figure that function. out? So you multiply 
your weight in kilos by for females by 22 for males by 24 and this is just kind of like a specific scientific calculation that we use um, so for males it's 24 for females it's 22 and then the number that you get from that will probably be we'll just say for females would be in and around 1600 calories right so that's just for you to survive basically they're the number of calories that you require then if you what you want to consider is your activity levels excluding actual training so your activity levels would be say a sedentary individual would be someone who sits at a desk all day and kind of you know works from home say or they've got like an office job so there that would be a sedentary individual then you move on to someone who's active someone who's very active and are moderately active active and then very active so they're kind of your four categories so a sedentary individual, the number that you're going to multiply, uh, that, you're, that you're going to use for that is 1.2, for a moderately active 1.4, for very active 1.6, and for um, our active 1.6, very active 1.8. So going back to it to kind of break it down, you multiply your weight in kilos by 22 for females, by 24 for males, and then you figure out which category you fall into from an activity level perspective. And if that's 1.2, then you multiply the number that you get from the initial calculation by 1.2, and then you get your maintenance calories, right? And your maintenance calories are the calories that you require to survive and to yep. maintain your your sedentary activities. Yep. And then you look at your training after that. So from that number, then you multiply by the number of hours that you exercise on a weekly basis. So if that's four hours, five hours, whatever it is, then that's what you multiply by and then you get your actual maintenance calories okay so what would be the recommended uh, like amount of hours to exercise <laughs> that really depends i would say for just someone who wants depends. to be healthy <laughs> yeah, it depends <laughs> but for someone who wants to be healthy 30 minutes a day is probably enough or 20 30 minutes of just like normal exercise like brisk walking and stuff walking, yeah maybe a little jog um I don't know, if you go to the gym, it might be like a 45-minute workout two or three times a week or something. If you just want to maintain health, then maybe just stay in shape. Yeah, I mean, because like, I'm pretty sure like half my audience is like our gym bros, right? They yeah, yeah, so they will have different requirements. Yeah. Most likely, from what you're saying, if they're gym bros, they're going to want to... Their main goal is to increase muscle mass and reduce body fat. Yes. Yeah. So okay. For from that person's point of view, their main thing, if they're going to want to increase muscle mass, calories are a huge, huge thing. So they're going to want to be most likely, depending on the person, but they most likely want to be in kind of like, they don't want to be in too much of a deficit because to explain that, I suppose, or to provide a bit of context, if you want to lose body fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit, which means that you consume less calories than you burn on a daily basis. If you want to maintain, you want to consume the same amount of calories that you um, expend. If you want to increase weight, you want to be in an energy surplus, you, uh, or you're going to eat more than you expend. So for, say, a typical guy who wants to build muscle mass and reduce body fat, if they're already quite lean, they could get away by get away with being in a little bit of a calorie surplus so maybe like 250 calories above maintenance because if they're lean they're not going to really um, gain a lot of body fat they might gain a bit but there's two ways you can do it so you can do kind of like a bulking phase where you increase calories by about 500 above maintenance gain that muscle mass that you want to gain and then you can do a cut 
So then what your aim there is that you're maintaining your muscle mass, but you're reducing body fat. Isn't that what bodybuilders do though? Like IFBB pro? Yeah. Steroid, <laughs> steroid small, s- small, penis, <laughs> small penis guys do, yeah? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I told, you size, sn- but <laughs> I told you I was sneaking a dick thing in there. <laughs> yeah. Of course you had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so they, they, but obviously the bodybuilders do that on, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously on the most extreme basis, right? Like they obviously bulk for what, like six months and they cut for four months? You like an insane. Yeah, if yeah. they're doing kind of a long prep um, period, they can, if they have a good bit of time, they'll probably do it over a yearly, a yearly period and they'll bulk for X amount of months and then they'll cut. But the cutting can be quite extreme. Um, and it's... Is that something, something you'd recommend? Like, like, like obviously, if you're not bodybuilding, is that something you'd recommend as like a normal thing to do? Personally, no. Yeah. I don't think so. But for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one is, a, I don't know if you've heard of a thing called body dysmorphia. Yeah. Where but for those who don't know. For those who don't know, it's basically... You feel, I suppose, like no matter what you do, you don't look the way you want to look. And it's all about physical appearance. And I suppose it does depend on what you want yourself. If it's all about physical appearance for you, um, then maybe. But I think bodybuilding itself is not something that I would advocate because it's all about how you look. And when you focus solely on that, you're never, ever going to be happy because we're going to have days where we don't look the way we want to be. And I think it's important just to have that bit of kind of confidence around, you know what, does it really matter? Does it matter if I'm 8% body fat or does it matter if I'm, what, 12% or 15%? Who do, that only matters to you, to ourselves. Nobody else cares. I care. So all you're doing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was a guy who like, what's your, yeah. What your body mass index is? Is, it, you, is that what you say to people when you meet them? Oh. <laughs> no, tell me. What's your body fat percentage? Yeah, but wait, but you obese? You 25% body fat? <laughs> yeah, like... You could probably tell if they're obese by just looking at them. Yeah, like, my, like one of my buddies, like, I met him for golf, and he's like, how's that... A, like, how are you feeling with that 27% body fat? And, like, you think you're going to get COVID? Because you're morbidly obese? And I'm like, oh, God. fuck. That's just men been <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's called having friends, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but... But generally, mm-hmm. I think that kind of stuff is not healthy from a psychological point of view. To, if you want to be physically healthy, I think it's a totally different ballgame. If you want to just look a certain way and try to impress other people or maybe impress yourself, but you're never going to be happy with yourself no matter what. I always say that to people. They always say, oh, well, if I just lost five kilos, I'd be happy. And then I'm like, right, once you get to that five kg of weight loss you're going to be like oh well if i just got two more forgot another kilo i'll be happy but you'll never be fully happy with how you look unless you start working on being happy with yourself in general all right so let's kind of get back to something you said that was really key which is looking good Mm -hmm. and being physically good right so obviously those are two different things depending on how you define it right obviously when you look good you can take things like sarms or steroids yeah which could have side effects like having a smaller dick <laughs> yeah, by, the, that's by, one. by the way, before I ask, before I carry on my question, have you seen like a steroid clip before? No. Look it up. I want you to look it up. Really? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, look it up. It's it's the it's the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my I life. Just imagine it's probably massive. No, just just take a look at it. Jesus. <laughs> I just want to I just want to see your reaction live. Go, go for it. Go. So do I just go to that? Yeah. Just put, put on put on incognito mode. I don't I don't think you want anybody to know what you were searching. 
Yeah, I'll have to <laughs> delete history after this. Okay, give me a second. My phone is already slow. It's okay. Take your time. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not impressed by this. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is fucking disgusting. Why did you tell me about I that? I don't I just figured this out like a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think I'm okay after yeah. that. <laughs> That's actually traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> right, can we move on from the staring kid, please? <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, give me another beer. I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> what next? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, obviously, there's, there's a massive. Just obviously, looking good and being physically well. So, like, the difference I'm assuming would be, what, like, less chemicals in your body, more functional fitness. Like, wh- how would you, like, with someone with a master's degree? I, I'm trying to, you know, obviously flex on your degree. Like, how would you describe what is functionally healthy versus someone who's physically, like, who looks good, right? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, it's a good question. So, like, someone who is functionally healthy, the main thing they're going to be doing is they're eating, I suppose, wholesome foods. Yeah. And they're focusing on the main food groups. So, protein, fat, carbs, fruits and vegetables, having enough fiber in their diet, drinking enough water, they're kind of the main things when it comes to, from like, from a dieting perspective that you want to do. From an exercise perspective, I am not an exercise professional or any way kind of like well versed in it at all but what I would say is just to do some form of movement every day if you work at a desk if you work in like in an office based job day to day get up every 30 minutes and walk around because they're now saying that like sitting is the new smoking where you're like you're not moving enough throughout the day to actually you know kind of the blood to pump around your body and kind of keep you healthy and fit and keep your heart functioning well so if you do sit in an office or sit at a desk all day just get up and walk around as much as you possibly can obviously th- every 30 minutes is probably a little bit unrealistic mm. for most people because they're you know they've got work to do and stuff and then from an outside of work point of view get out for a walk get out for the odd run two to three times a week 30 minutes you know i think is definitely sufficient doing yoga meditation things like that like to keep your mind and body good because like we always focus on physical fitness but a lot of the time we don't really think about mental health and mental um fitness as such so definitely you want to kind of combine all aspects of health nutrition physical activity that to me is kind of the pinnacle of an overall healthy person and and then you look at the physical perspective so if someone wants to look good um they're mainly going to be focusing on as i say losing body fat and increasing muscle mass they're the, always the things that people say to me when they come from a kind of like body composition point of view and what that means is that you're going to have to be stricter with yourself for a certain time certain period of time anyway and that might be you know reducing calories cutting out foods that you really like and that's one thing that i always say to clients is don't cut out foods more so look at what you can add to your diet but from a bodybuilder point of view like they're not going to be eating like takeaways and chocolate and crisps and stuff like that for probably prolonged periods of time and what's that going to do for your mental health what's that going to do from a social aspect point of view you're not going to be able to go out for drinks with your friends or food with your friends because you're going to be analyzing everything that's on the menu so i think it comes back to what you really want but obviously if it's 
physical appearance that you're looking for, you're striving for, think about how that could be damaging towards your mental health and your social interactions going forward. Now, um, there are some bro signs today we'll look back at, and you kind of mentioned something, which was eating lots of fruits, of a lot of fruits, specifically yeah, it's fruits. Yeah, basics, really. Um, but then from what's kind of basic research that I've done when I was 19 was that if you want to lose weight, so you, don't, you don't eat fruits because they contain sugar. Is that a I'm myth? Happy you brought that up. Yeah, I'm very happy you brought oh, that see, up. Oh, see, look, see, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> see, I may, I may be, like more, like slightly obese, but like. Here we go. Put yourself down. Now you're listening to your friends. Tell me that you're obese. I, <laughs> no, they also call me a bitch, but like whatever. It's, it's, come on, bitch. I'm like, fuck, fine. I hope your friends are listening to this. Right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's up? So, what, what's up? <laughs> we have a it's not my mom. It's not my mom. Mom saying you're hot. Yeah, same, same with everyone else. <laughs> But you know, I've embraced that. I've embraced that identity. Thank you. S- appreciate the support. Um, <laughs> Alright, so in terms of the, obviously, the terms of sugars with fruits and losing weight, yes. right? Yeah. Very good question. So when it comes to sugar in fruit, yeah. it's very different to sugar in a chocolate bar. The reason being is that fruit contains fiber, and fiber helps to slow down the digestion absorption of sugar. Whereas if you think of a, sh- a chocolate bar, it's mainly got sugar and fat. So there's nothing there to kind of act as roughage to slow down the absorption of sugar. So fiber is basically a nutrient that we consume in various different fruits and veg, um, nuts and seeds, whole grains, that kind of thing. It's really, really important for your overall health. And the reason being is because it's good for gut health and it's good to kind of cause a slow release of energy. And that's essentially what happens when you consume fruits, especially fruits that have the skin on them, so like apples, pears, um, plums, peaches. Those so you don't want to skin the apple? No, absolutely okay. not. That's kind of the, the main part of the fruit that contains fiber that's going to really be of benefit. So you'd nearly be better if you're having a bar of chocolate to have it with an apple because the fiber in the apple is going to help okay. to slow down the absorption of that sugar and it's going to prevent that spike in blood sugars that you get. Yeah. So if you think of a graph here, right, if you when you consume a bar of chocolate, your blood sugars spike up. And then after about an hour, they come straight back down and you start to feel hungry and you want some more food. Whereas if you have an apple, your blood sugars will slowly start to increase because you have the fiber in there. Mm-hmm. And they actually did a study, not I can't remember how long ago it was, but... It was basically on, um, they had a certain amount of participants and they got, um, say, 10 of them to consume, um, say, 500 mils of glucoside or like a sugary drink. And then the other, uh, then after that, then they tried to get them to consume the the equivalent amount in apples. I think it was like four or five apples or something. And they weren't actually able to finish the apples because they were so high in fiber that they were actually filling them up quite quickly so fiber will do that it'll fill you up so you'll feel fuller for longer and it'll also prevent you from your blood sugars from spiking interesting okay yeah but then Mm -hmm. going back to that if you blend so if you have a fruit smoothie then that kind of acts the same as your bar of chocolate oh really you're breaking up the fiber and the sugars are released and you're just consuming a sugary so it's almost like it's better just to kind of eat the actual fruit if you if you plan on wanting to like say lose weight right mm-hmm. or if you're planning on just to reduce your like blood sugar levels or whatnot right yeah but then it, it kind of fruit smoothies and smoothies in general can be very beneficial from a tra- performance um training perspective so say if someone is running a marathon 
and they're going running for I don't know like 40-50 minutes or they're training for a marathon they're going on their hour long training session on a Saturday morning having a fruit smoothie 30 minutes before that is actually very beneficial because it's giving you a fast release of energy and you're going to use that energy up during your training session so that's when it can be very beneficial so if you can think of not just what you're eating but how you're eating and when you're eating and fitting that into your routine so that it can actually be beneficial for you and not kind of you know it's acting as a kind of a negative thing so having a smoothie first thing in the morning at 7 a.m and then sitting at your desk all day is not necessarily going to be beneficial and helping you to stay okay. for longer but if you're going for a training session then it is beneficial okay so i want to talk about something that you actually mentioned that was actually very key to what my audience was to ask for is diet to build steady state cardio yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, no, specifically, but I want to ask, uh, so have you ever heard of the Cooper test before? Cooper test? So it's basically like in 12 minutes, you're supposed to run as fast as you can. Um, okay. Ideally, you want to run around, let's say, two and a half kilometers or something like that in about 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, what would, like, what type of diet would you recommend for something like that where you want, you don't necessarily want to run a marathon, but you want to have explosive energy for a shorter period of time, for example, say, if you want to do boxing or something? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So... <clears throat> I suppose from that point of view it's going to be like high intensity for quite a prolonged period of time and um, let's say like three minutes like let's say you want to go hard for about three three or four minutes right yeah like what would you kind of construct or I would say the mo well first again it comes back to energy intake so your overall energy into intake on a day to day basis okay fine let, 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 let me make it more specific let me make it more specific office worker 35 hours a week yeah. Yeah. Walks about four thousand steps a day outside right. of, outside of exercise. Male, female. Male. Yeah. Um, right. So probably I'm just gonna guess at this. I'm gonna take a wild guess at it because I don't I'm, I don't know the weight, but I would say probably in and around two two four two three calories, um, and then to get that explosive power, you're gonna be thinking about kind of foods that are gonna give you fast release of energy because you don't want to eat anything that's going to be sitting in your stomach yeah so you want to eat probably about an hour before you do something like that having those kind of foods like a smoothie or um do you know jellies or do you know something that's actually quite sugary and not necessarily like healthy as we say um like jaffa cakes um Jaffa what the Jaffa fuck's a Jaffa cake? Jaffa cakes over here, sorry. Well, what, 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 what? Big rolls? No. No, no. I don't know what to compare it to. Cookies? No. No? Like just a kind of a sugary biscuit, maybe? Okay. Anyway, right, we don't need that. doesn't have to be that specific. But like jellies, um, like orange juice, things like that that are actually going to just provide you with instantaneous energy. And um, that would definitely, like, you don't need to be consuming a huge amount prior to it because if you're naturally, if you're training quite a bit, that's going to be the biggest part for those kind of um, sessions. Um, the fueling side of that, again, is just going to be, I would say, and around 50 to 80 grams of carbohydrates prior to it. That will definitely sustain you for three minutes. Because the main thing you're going to be using there, it's, going to, it's anaerobic yeah. exercise. So it's not aerobic. Aerobic is prolonged. Mm -hmm. Anaerobic is short. Um, I'm sure you've probably heard of creatine, have you? Yeah, I have. So but for those that don't know. Creatine, I suppose, is a supplement that will help to provide you with more energy for those kind of 
explosive bouts of energy. So someone who's doing say CrossFit, who's going to be lifting like heavy weights or doing, do you know, what do they call those? Ash? Powerlifting. Powerlifting, yeah. Um, and say like, do you know, short distance runners, that kind of thing. They're all going to be having like explosive bouts of energy. Um, soccer players when they're going to be, you know, taken off from zero to whatever speed they go. So there's going to be a little bit of that that's involved in it, but creatine supplementation can be quite beneficial. And there's a lot of people who say that creatine is bad for kidneys and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's actually not. I heard it's also bullshit. I heard, I heard like, it's like, it's not even worth it to spend money on that. Again, it comes back to what, like, some people just take creatine and their diet is shit. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's silly. You have to make sure that you're looking at the bigger picture and everything that you're doing. But is it worth it to kind of take like other supplements, like for example, like protein shakes or whatnot? Or do they provide such a, like a minuscule kind of growth in muscle that it's may, it may not even be worth it? Well, <clears throat> the first thing is, and I'll keep going back to it, but... Don't worry, we're not sponsored by any protein companies, <laughs> by the way. So. Good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes to supplements, it's always... The analogy I like to use is if you're building a house, you're not going to put the roof on first. Okay? I would. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're making a cake, would you put the icing on first? Oh, yeah, because I can eat it. Oh, I messed it, I messed it. <laughs> but you want to build the foundations first, right? And that's the main thing. And then the roof is the last thing that yep. goes on, and the supplements are essentially the roof. Okay? So look at your diet first, your overall diet. Calories, most important thing for building muscle mass, then protein. Right, so if your ca overall recommended calorie requirements are two and a half thousand calories, that's what you want to focus on first. Then you look at how much protein you need. So if you're someone who wants to build muscle mass, you're talking about about two grams per kg body weight or two point two grams per kg body weight. Then you look at your fat recommendations. What's that? So about zero point eight to one gram per kilo body weight, and the two of those will stay constant all the time. And the only thing that changes is your carbon tick okay okay and for anyone who doesn't know what these three nutrients are carbohydrates fats and proteins are your three macronutrients that make up your overall calorie intake now i want to talk about that so okay. you brought you brought those things up those three things um now there's this obvious diet called, it's called like watching your macros right mm -hmm. how legit is that is that legit and is that something you can probably maintain for a long period of time provided that it's a healthy kind of alternative. Yeah, um, so counting your macros is essentially counting your calories. Okay, oh, okay. So, so. Because, okay. so to explain it, your carbs, fats, and proteins are your three, three macronutrients that make up your overall day-to-day -day calorie requirement intakes. So carbohydrates, one gram is the equivalent of four calories. Protein is the same, one gram of protein is the equivalent of four calories. And for fats, one gram of fat is the equivalent of nine calories. Okay, so if you put that into context, we'll say if you're consuming 140 grams of protein per day, multiply that by four, that will give you whatever it's like, four, 500 or whatever. I'm not great at math, so don't ask me to do any maths and stuff, but it is what it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got a master's which math, but I'm Don't worry, I, I, I got an econ degree in university and I don't know how to do long division by paper. There we go. <laughs> so, so there you go. That's why we have Google and calculators. <laughs> that's why we have calculators. <laughs> God damn it. Um, wow. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's basically what you're doing to calculate your calories. And as I say, your protein and your fats will stay constant and then your carbs will 
alternate based on the type of exercise that you're doing. So for someone like Ash, who trains nearly twice a day, six days a week, if you think about it, the analogy again, I love the analogies, but it comes back to, say if you're driving from Vancouver to Alberta, right? In Vancouver, you're gonna fill up the car with full to the brim with gas. And then as you drive along to Alberta, you're gonna to have to make different pit stops to refuel the tank. That's essentially what you're doing with your body when it comes to carbs. So the faster you drive, the further you drive, and the more frequent you drive, the more gas you're gonna use. The same with your body. The faster you run or bike or whatever you do, the more frequent and the longer the distance, the more carbs you require. So I suppose, it's difficult to say how much carbs you need because that will again depend on the type of training that you're doing. And that would obviously require some sort of consultation or maybe they can look this stuff up on their own, right? Yeah, like I would say ballpark figures if you're thinking of someone who's just sedentary, going to the gym for 30, mi 30 to 40 minutes three times a week, probably about two to three grams per kilo body weight. Okay. And then anything above that, someone who's doing kind of long distance running or triathlete events or whatever it is, they might need to go, you know, in excess of five to six grams or four to five or something like that. Again. Oh, it depends. Like, obviously, your energy expenditure, right? Yeah, energy yeah. expenditure, gender, um, to body weight, all that kind of stuff will come into play. Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, okay. So, but the, I guess the one thing I kind of have an issue with now is just these cookie cutter fitness programs right oh don't get me started oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah because like like there are a whole bunch of fake natty you know fake na unnatural influencers yeah. that sell their shitty fucking product right yeah in which case it's a cookie cookie cutter diet of what they do yeah. that works for them exactly. obviously that doesn't work based on what you've told us right now right okay it's basically what those people are doing and fair play to them they're making loads of money out yeah of they're, they're happy out yeah going to dubai flying planes <laughs> quite, dubai, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> having a shower on the plane yeah don't worry, I'll, I'll get so there one day maybe putting in the work and actually spending time <laughs> with people whereas they're just like yeah this is gonna work for you but in general those programs don't work for 20 percent of the people it might work because they might have a similar kind of metabolic rate or whatever it is to that individual but a lot of the time all they're doing is like people always put up these things what I eat in a day and I'm like what's the point of that like, yeah okay it okay. might give someone inspiration it might give them some ideas but following someone else's calories is so it's just really such a waste of time you need to figure out what works for you what works for your body what your routine is like so a lot of the time I spend time with my clients figuring out what their day-to-day -day schedule is like because that ultimately determines what you're going to eat if you think about it you're really busy in work right you're flat to the mat you're working really hard and you don't have time to think about what you need to eat going and cooking up or doing whatever like these crazy recipes at six o'clock in the evening after working really hard and being stressed is not realistic it's not something that you're going to do so you need to think about the individual and their their lifestyle and their routine to be able to prescribe them with a sustainable and realistic dieting strategy. So I guess you brought up a key word. I, I always like to do this, my guess, just kind of listen to everything they say. I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Um, 58 episodes of this shit. That's good. Yeah, uh, which is sustainability. Yeah. Yes. Um, obviously, a lot of, for me, at least in my own opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of, a lot of these seem like crash diets or fad diets where yeah. you can only do 
this thing for say six weeks before you fall off or five weeks if you're into training camp or whatnot. Yeah. So for me, like say eating, following your macros or intermittent fasting, it only seems like it's only for a short period of time. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. So actually, so I though, didn't yeah, go your ahead. original question yeah. about tracking macros and how sustainable that is. So what I'd always say to people is, if you have a specific goal in mind, just yes. say it's weight loss, track your macros for about two weeks max, right? Religiously, and be quite strict about it, and make sure that you're within your ranges that you need. After that, you should be fairly well equipped in knowing what you need to eat and how much you need to eat. So, for example, if you're weighing out your rice, okay, you weigh out. 100 grams of rice put it into the same cup every time so that you know right it's half a cup that i need for my rice every time you'll start to figure out trends and oh how much chicken i need or how much fish or whatever if you're vegan vegetarian whatever it is you'll figure out what your levels are and then after that so once that two-week period is done then you kind of have a fairly good idea of what you need to be doing and then after about six weeks you're going to need to change your calories because it's kind of like your body adjusts and it's like, okay, you're eating too little. We're going to say not move as much so that you don't burn as much calories because you don't want your body tries to stop you from losing weight basically. It's it called, like homeost- it called homeostasis. homeostasis. Yeah, oh exactly. fuck, there you go. Oh, look at you. Yeah, look at me. Did you get a master's? I did. did you get a master's in <laughs> master's in fuck all. <laughs> no, no, I just remember this from a while ago, right? Yeah. I mean like also you know, like nutrition kind of exercises is kind of like a side hobby of mine, that's like a passion. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. But the, yeah. Which is exactly. why I brought you on. Homeostasis is balance basically in layman's terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you yes. want to achieve. That's what your body is trying to do all the time. So there's two things you can do when it starts to resist weight loss. When it starts to resist weight loss is you can either try and move more or you can eat less. So that's as simple as weight loss sounds and is, but the implementation of that is far more difficult than than the actual eat more, move less. And I don't like to say, or eat less, move more, sorry. I don't like to say that flippantly because I know how difficult it can be for people. Um, so, But it is essentially that balance between eating less, moving more, but implementing that again can be more difficult. So. Yeah, you probably will after about six weeks have to reduce calories a bit more, or then another thing you can do is increase them and move more. So basically after six weeks or what, six weeks was it? Yeah, around four to six weeks. Yeah, four to six weeks, because your body kind of stabilizes that you have to increase or decrease calories, right? Okay, oh, I didn't didn't know that. So you can do like a large deficit, depending obviously on body weight. If you're naturally already quite low body fat, you're not gonna want to do a large deficit. Let's say you're a fat fuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I don't know, let's say 22% body fat. <laughs> that's not fat, that's like normal. Really? Yeah, but 24 is normal. But on the internet it says you're oh, obese. This is why people should stay off Google and Instagram <laughs> because they're the biggest, like they're the biggest reason why people are so insecure and so striving for this specific like body comp, weight, how they look. Like if you go on Instagram, uh, from a female's point of view, I'm sure every other female listening to this, I know you probably heard you because female. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true because a lot of them are from the States. Okay, so any female or male, I'm sure as well, looking at Instagram, we'll just see these like Instagram models. Lots of ass. And <laughs> lots of ass and lots of boobs <laughs> and tiny waist and it's like, Right, that's not realistic. Like, how am I? How am I supposed to achieve that? Yeah. But, you know, it's just not possible. Photoshop, so, right? Yeah, and that's what it is. You see these people in real life, and you're like, Jesus Christ, I didn't think they actually looked like that. And that's not in judgmental of how they look, but it's just that you've been 
portrayed this image of somebody who looks like perfect. Yeah, it's like an industry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. it's an industry. Yeah. So, what were we talking about again? Sorry, how did we go off on that? Something topic? about a fat fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so for the for a very overweight person, right? We yeah. Say somebody who is like, I don't know, whatever they are, they're obese, right? They could probably be able to manage a larger deficit of say a thousand. But, but isn't that like calories. isn't that kind of like a lot just going off the bat? Like sh- shouldn't you just obviously decrease the amount of calories first? You can like like gradually. Okay. So you can oh okay. Because I thought that sends your body into shock. No. So if you do a large deficit, yeah. what you're going to be mainly focusing on, uh, on is the diet, like your the composition of your diet, right? So if you go into a large deficit and you have very low protein and very low fiber, then you're going to be hungry and you're going to be like, fuck this, I'm going back to my normal <laughs> diet. But if you actually do a large deficit and look at the composition of the diet, increase protein, increase fiber, and you know fruit and veg, whole grains, all that kind of stuff, water, exercise, then you'll actually feel quite full. So you won't feel hungry anymore because if their traditional diet was McDonald's and KFC and all that kind of stuff, they're going to be feeling hungry because they're not actually nutrient dense, they're calorie dense. So they're higher in calories, but they're not feeling satiated. They're not feeling full from it. But if you go back to nutrient-dense foods, then they're feel full, but they're eating less. Okay, so you talk about these nutrient-dense foods, right? Yeah. Which would, which would be what exactly? Just chicken breast, fish? Yeah, like, so protein is your main thing. So protein sources are meat, fish, eggs, dairy, and then your plant-based. Would you consider that tofu as? Tofu and yeah. tempeh and uh, what else? Beans? Yeah, like nuts and seeds and beans and all of those would be like yeah. your vegan, vegetarian protein sources. Um, they are, they generally tend to be, beans and peas and lentils and all that tend to be lower in protein and they're plant-based protein, which is very different from an animal-based protein, okay? Because your animal-based protein is a complete protein. And what I mean by that is that it has the nine essential amino acids that we require. Um, so we have nine amino acids, they're all made up together and they become your protein, right? But a lot of your plant-based protein sources, one plant-based might have four amino acids, the other might have three. So you need to try and combine when, it's a lot harder when you're vegan or vegetarian, you want to combine these two different proteins to make up a complete protein in order for you to actually, say for building muscle mass, you want to elicit muscle protein synthesis, which is the growth of muscle mass. So. That is a whole other level. No, but actually, you probably probably the point that I want to talk about, which is uh, basically the vegan diet. Because mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not, like I know personally people who listen to this, my people who listen to this. My followers. My followers, <laughs> my, my, yeah, my dedicated religious. followers, my religious <laughs> followers. That, um, there are a few vegan uh, men and women that yeah. listen to this podcast. So you're saying that they're like basically like, if they want to have vegan protein, it's incomplete protein, right? Mm. Some of them can be, yeah. So like you might, we'll just take for example like peas or, or edamame beans or something. Oh, those are good. They, they are. I know, poke. They would have say, I'm just gonna, I'm not exactly sure, I w- I'm not gonna lie, I'm not exactly sure of the exact amino acids in peas, but they might have three of the essential amino acids that we need, right? Then you might look at say kidney beans or chickpeas, they might have an additional five essential amino acids. So those combined will make up the nine that we need. Yep. But if they were just to have the edamame beans, they're just going to have four essential amino acids. So that's not going to 
elicit muscle protein synthesis if that's what they want to build muscle mass. If they're just looking to kind of increase their protein a little bit and feel a bit fuller, then having just the edamame beans might be okay. But also it's good to know that a lot of the plant-based proteins are higher in carbs. Okay. Okay, so beans and peas and lentils and all of those are generally higher in carbs. Now, is that a bad thing, though? Depends. Because <laughs> now this is... This is whole Fuck! <laughs> Fuck! I knew I was going to say it. <laughs> it depends you know. on what your carb requirements are. Oh, yeah, because there's this whole kind of message out in the industry where carbs are bad if you want to lose weight. And that's incorrect. Another one of those incorrect statements that people make. Reason being is because carbs are very different. There's like so many different Because like, of carbs. Yeah, exactly. Because I want to talk about this. Because it's like, the common thing is if you want to lose weight, reduce your carbs, right? Mm-hmm. Is that... The reason yeah. for that is because carbs cause you to hold water, so to retain food. So if you eat a lot of carbs, you probably notice that you bloat a bit. Um, and then, especially for those keto nerds out there, people who love keto, they're like, I went on keto and I lost X amount in such a short period. Yeah, bro, I went on keto, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bro, I lost so much weight. weight. <laughs> bro, I'm te- bro, I'm telling you. 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 Have you done keto before? Bro, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Shona. It is the best. The best I ever. I'm telling you, Shona. Like, I lost so much weight. So much weight, Shona. And one question I would ask that person. Did what you up? Maintain that weight loss? Fuck no! Did this motherfucker blew up like a balloon. He's like, he's, he's like, bro, like, bro, you should look at me, man. Like, I lost forty pounds. And I'm like, okay. Then this guy looks fatter than ever. I'm like, what the? F- I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? He's like, yeah, I like gained forty pounds back. I'm like, so I talked to you on the phone a month ago, and you tell me you gained forty pounds in the span of a month. Like, are you, are you fucking? Are you, are you, because you can't survive. Like, I, I don't think. Now maybe some people can, and that's there are people who much prefer fat right and for someone who enjoys fat more than they enjoy yes. carbs absolutely give it a go but can you maintain that yeah the for example like i don't think i can because rice is like life yeah <laughs> yeah that's your culture yeah that's your tradition yeah it's yeah, rice is life <laughs> it's spice is life it's not just spice <laughs> rice is where it's at but the point i'm trying to make is it always goes back to what dieting method you prefer as well mm-hmm. so the whole them. message of carbs are bad they don't it's lie incorrect. to lose weight it's incorrect right yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. because if you look at the different types of carbs so you've got your complex and your simple carbs the difference between those is your simple carbs are like your sugary foods so like um chips um chocolate bars all that kind of stuff and then your complex will be your like nuts and seeds fruits and veg whole grains brown rice brown pasta brown bread Okay, so they're your carbs that you want to focus heavily on because they're high in fiber and they give you that slow release of energy. Whereas the other carbs, which are like your sugary carbs, they won't make help you to feel fuller for long and they'll just provide you with short release of energy and lots of calories. So they're basically empty calories. Okay. So when it comes to carbs, yes, reduce them, but don't cut them out. Okay, so you talk about one thing is called empty calories. Yeah. Um, now... Like Empty yeah, alcohol is empty what calories. What we're doing right now is empty. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about that, which is kind of like the standard. Do you guys use a standard American diet like as like a, as a comparison? Like, we, I wouldn't use it as a thing. So like, what, what would we call it in Ireland? How do I not know this? The food pyramid. That's it, the food pyramid. So yeah, so you guys don't no. use, so no, like in terms of like burgers, fries and shit, right? Like. Oh yeah, so yeah. like you're, so yeah, so. So we, I want to ask you something kind of in general, which is, 
like how come we can like why like why is the diet the way the the way that we fuck I, I'm trying to think why do most of us just fucking don't think about these things like like how can we consume McDonald's like like what's so is there an additive is there some sort of addictive thing that comes with that type of food if you think which about it, it hooks us on that that is readily available yeah it's going back to again right you have a stressful day in work you come home there's a lot of times, and this has happened to me more so when I'm over here, and I should go for that, but I have a full fridge of healthy food. And I come home from work and I'm like, fuck this. I want something. I want Uber Eats or I want DoorDash. And 99% of people will probably relate to that because there's times where we just don't want to eat the healthy food or the healthier option. We just want something that's going to be comfort food, that's going to help us feel better so like is it something in the food specifically that allows us to crave that oh, okay they're the main thing they're like the perfect combination so if you think about donuts mm-hmm. they have fat and sugar and people will say oh they're addictive or like yeah pringles or things like that or like coca-cola because i yeah. think they put cocaine in uh, was oh, yeah, like they co- do, yeah. yeah they do yeah <laughs> is that a thing is that a thing they put like cocaine in, like, i think that's why it's called coke yeah I, I don't know i heard yeah, somewhere that they like that. or like the, the big companies like they basically I think they paid off scientists to say that cereal is good for you in the morning, even though it's basically sugar. <laughs> zero is, yeah, like people, you know, it's zero sugar, but mm-hmm. they have like sweeteners in them. So aspartame and um, well, there's like other sweeteners in there that are not going to cause weight gain as such, but then there's no research to say that aspartame and those are bad for our health, but there's also no research to say that they're not. So it's, kind of it's not I suppose that there's no research to say that they're not but at the end of the day we don't know that it's not going to come out in five years time that's actually you know they're not great for you so I would say when it comes to like fizzy drinks and things like that switching from um, regular coke to coke zero is like switching from smoking regular cigarettes to smoking any cigarette so it's basically no difference not that it's no different but it's just replacing the habit with something else so it's not it's basically the alternative isn't as good as what you're doing right now essentially right like if from a calorie perspective it's going to reduce your calories largely because if you're going to be drinking a liter of coke a day regular full sugar coke to zero sugar yes you're going to reduce your calories but is it helping you to kind of get over that habit or that addiction as such that you have or is it just masking it a little bit um i'm not sure it's a good substitute i would say you're better off trying to go for reducing your fizzy drink consumption where okay. possible we don't also aspartame and those kind of sweeteners can wreak havoc on your gut health okay so explain that because okay. the gut health basically almost acts as like a second like brain second right brain, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like your gut feeds to your brain, your brain feeds to your gut, and they communicate with one another. So certain foods are going to, so we obviously have a certain amount of good bacteria in our gut and a certain amount of bad bacteria. So what we want is to populate our gut with good ba- bacteria. And certain foods are going to, um, I suppose, cause that good bacteria to thrive, and other foods are going to wreak havoc with it and cause them to kind of reduce you know produce gases and different things like that and you might get bloated you might get constipation diarrhea whatever it is that you might have um some people will maybe break out in like acne or like psoriasis and things like that not 100 percent sure if they're fully linked but some people you know some studies have shown kind of 
the link between them. But basically, like fizzy drinks, sweeteners, and things like that. If you ever had a protein bar, they have polyols in them. That's another sweetener. Okay. Um, I find they just don't agree with me whatsoever. I've and they act up. Yeah. They fuck up so your gut. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's other people anecdotally who have said stated they don't agree with me as well some research says that they do affect your gut health um, so it seems like sugar like artificial not not necessarily yeah artificial sugar and sweeteners are kind of the main culprits to weight gain to Mm -hmm. changing your hormones which allow you to gain weight yeah i believe that's what it is right i wouldn't i don't know if it's changing your hormones i think it's more so it's just not actually agreeing with your system and the only person who can figure that out is yourself and the way you do that is by analyzing how your body reacts to certain foods. So if you have a fizzy drink and automatically you bloat or you get like whatever, constipation or you get like diarrhea, then you know, or that food does not agree with me, I shouldn't eat it. Whereas your friend or your brother or sister could have the exact same drink as you and they don't react like that. So we can't say whether these foods or food groups or additives are actually negatively affecting the mass of the population but for you is it working for you or is it oh really because i I thought i thought that would be like a a majority type of thing not necessarily really so so so, so, okay okay like so if we think of like i'm not sure if you've heard of the term fodmaps so fructose oligosaccharides disaccharides and polyols they're basically specific carbohydrate groups yeah people who get like bloating and those kind of digestional digestional issues they generally can't tolerate specific foods like leeks cabbages garlics onion garlic onions um you know certain lentils certain beans that will be high in fiber and naturally recommended or healthy but then they need to maybe reduce those foods or cut them out then the other person next to them could be absolutely fine with those foods so it really comes back to possibly, you know, your environment, what we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis, stress levels, um, workload, all that kind of stuff, and then just certain people don't agree with certain foods. Okay, interesting. Vice versa. Fucking hell. See, yeah. I, I was on the impression that like fizzy drinks and sugar and artificial sugars are bad for you. Like. I don't like to use the term bad for you because I think that puts it in a bracket where people are like, right, I shouldn't eat these foods and then when I eat them, then I feel bad. Yeah. Do you know what I guess? But isn't it psychological it, thing? Isn't the incentive that we should be? No. no? Oh, 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 oh. I know. All right. Yeah, all right, interesting. Okay. I would be an advocate of 80-20 and that's 80% of the time you're eating well, you're eating your, you know, you're getting the fundamentals, right? So proteins, carbs, fats, fruits and vegetables, fiber, water. Right, seven things that you need to focus on. Twenty percent of time, so that might be your five days a week when you're working. You're not just going to sit at home and after five days of eating healthy and exercising and be like, right, that's it. Now I have to do the same now for the weekend. Because what's going to happen? You do that for two, three weeks, and then you get bored and you get fed up and you go back to your same old thing. But if you actually do right, five days a week is going to be. I don't want to say good either, because good and bad, and you know, you put it into a category, but. If you say Spoken like a, a real scholar. <laughs> I don't want to put this in a category. It all depends. <laughs> I know. I know. It's I like properly just like you can't you can't define. Yeah, I know. Because it's too broad, you know. But I know, yeah. basically, what I'm trying to say is, five days a week, you're been like on it. You're eating all your good foods. You're feeling good. 
And then Friday night, your friend texts their girlfriend, your boyfriend, or whatever, and says, Do you want to go out for food? And then you feel, oh, fuck, I can't. Because I'm on this diet that I, if I eat a pizza, I'm going to blow up or whatever. But if you have the mentality that, right, okay, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have this pizza and I'm going to have two beers, I'm going to eat and I'm going to enjoy it. And then tomorrow I'm going to get back on it and I'm going to have my eggs and my porridge and whatever my healthy breakfast is. And then I might have a beer tonight and that's it. That's your weekend. You've had your week of good eating, but you've also had the foods that you enjoy. So 80% of the time you're eating well and you're doing all the right things. And then 20% you're saying, right, I'm going to enjoy myself. All right, so there's something that uh, one of my boys asked me to ask you, which is this. Um, there's kind of this thing going on where if you are obese when you have kids, mm-hmm. you could potentially pass some sort of mm-hmm. genetic thing. Yeah. The suspicion that pass on to kids which allows them to become more, you know, the possibility of them gaining weight would be a lot higher. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's true. It is a thing. So, 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 let, let's, so let's put it in, let's put it in dummy perspective. If I'm a fat fuck, right? Three hundred and seventy-five pounds, right? I decided to give birth to a kid. It would so you're saying that's the, some sort of genetic disposition passes on to the kid where they could potentially become bigger, easier. Yeah, absolutely. So holy shit, it can happen. Now it always right. comes back to this thing called nature versus nurture, and nature is essentially the genetic predisposition can be passed on to the child. Nurture. So there's a fat gene. Bring them up. So is there, is there a fat gene that you can like a fat genetic thing that you can pass yeah, on? Yeah, absolutely. So Holy fuck! It's <laughs> passed on through generations and generations and generations. Mm-hmm. But say, for example, right, you and say you and your wife or girlfriend or whatever had a kid together, right? Yeah. Okay. And both say just both of you were obese or whatever, and you had that kid, but then you decided we don't want this for our child, so we're going to make sure that they're eating healthy they're exercising, they're active, all that. So you can still change that genetic predisposition or the way that that's gonna go by how you will feed that child. But generally what happens is for when people are obese or overweight, they're like that potentially because they're overeating and then that's what's gonna be passed on to the child because they're gonna still continue that trend of maybe ordering takeout all the time or you know, having lots of chocolate and fizzy drinks and stuff in the house. And that child is naturally, you know, th- they're doomed before yeah. they even begin, you know, yeah, whereas if, if yeah. they started them out and like, right, you, we're going to make sure they eat good quality food and that's not going to happen to them, then most likely they will be fine. It might be a little bit more difficult to lose weight if they've gained it, but if they start off from a, in a good trajectory, then I think I don't see why it has to be doom and gloom. Okay, yeah. So so basically, it's, it kind of just seems like, yes, that genetic, like, whatever it is, could be passed on to the kid, and it can allow them to kind of become more obese easier. But yeah. then, I guess you're saying that, like, is it just, it, like, could you give a percentage between, like, how much of that is genetics and how much of that is just kind of, like, environmental influences? Because, like, let, let's say that you are, like, let's say you gain weight, right? You're 360 pounds, you give birth to this kid, but you all of a sudden lose the weight. Yeah. Like how much of that percentage is based on the kid's genetics of him being overweight, or just or the just the nature around him? I would say if you really work on the na- nurture side of it, like and how you bring that child up from a food perspective, then I'd say it would be like 40, 60, and kind of sixty been the nurture side of it, and forty been the genetic side of it. Okay. 
So it's not like the all and end all. It's not the end of the world if you are born into that situation. But again, nine times out of 10, the parents' habits will transfer onto the child. If when the parents have that child, they decide to change their habits completely and a whole new lifestyle and everything's great and we're all eating healthy, then I think there's full chance for that child not to be overweight or obese. But then if they go down a slippery slope, then the chances of them gaining weight quicker than someone who hasn't had that genetic predisposition, that their chances will increase that they would probably gain weight a lot quicker than somebody else. Yeah. It's a wake up call for some people want to have kids if they're but this is it and that's mm-hmm. why a lot of women get tested for I think on gestational diabetes where they can actually have diabetes while they're pregnant and their child can that can be passed on to the child Jesus Christ fucking hell it, that's why it's always recommended that like you know your doctor always says before you conceive try to be a normal healthy weight because it's obviously easier to conceive and then secondly it's um better obviously for the long term the effects of the child. Alright, cool. So last couple questions uh, before I end it off. Um, is, okay, so let's say that I decide to go to the gym, whatever, and as you can tell, there's like a million fucking coaches that are there, right? Yeah. That Like, it seems like to me they're just more salesmen than anything yeah, else. Salespeople, yeah. Um, would you, like, okay, what, what would somebody be looking for if they say, hey, look, I'm actually looking at a long-term solution, not obviously not a short-term solution. What, what would they be looking for in terms of whatever diet to look out because it seems like they might be selling their dumb shit or whatever it is right or something that isn't sustainable let's say they pay for a 10-week program the diet's only good for a 10-week you know kind yeah. of window yeah so what i would say if you're looking for a coach or a nutritionist or exercise i want to fucking finish this beer exercise person what you call them personal trainer Fuck. <laughs> or yeah. any of that kind of stuff yeah the main thing you want to consider is do they actually want you to change for the long term or do they want you to change for X amount of time and then they'll rely back on you again, right? So, like, take for example, I'm a nutrition consultant and I'm like, right, okay, you need to come to me and I need to tell you exactly what to eat for the next four weeks and I won't educate you at all, but you just listen to what I do and I'll give you this specific diet plan. What have you learned from that? Absolutely nothing. They'll do that for six weeks. Then they'll think, great, I've lost it. I don't need you anymore. They'll put it back on and then they'll come back to you because they'll always need your help. So yep, if you sure. want something from a long-term perspective, you need to find someone who's going to educate you, number one, and focus on habit change, because your habits will severely determine your eating behaviours, right? An example of that, I like to give examples because it provides a bit of context, but an example of that is if you sleep for six hours a night, or five hours, we'll say, you sleep for five hours every night, you wake up in the morning, you're tired, reach for a coffee straight away you're naturally going to be hungry because if you get less than six hours of sleep a night your your appetite hormone increases and then that means that you want to eat more food right so that's a habit you have the habit of going scrolling to your phone until 1 a.m you don't get enough sleep and then you're naturally tired the next day which feeds on to you're going to eat more right okay so less sleep equals more hunger okay yeah so it's actually better to you need to sleep more. So eight to ten hours, that type of thing? or Anywhere above six. So okay. between six and eight hours is absolutely perfect. Because I know some guys who sleep for four hours a day. They operate like they're perfectly okay. No? I just don't know if anyone can do that long term. I guarantee you they're snacking all day. The Rock does it. 
Kevin Hart does it. Margaret Thatcher did it. If Margaret Thatcher can do it, then I can do it. If The Rock can do it, then I can do it. I don't. I sleep is probably one of the most important things you can do if you want to lose weight or be sleep? healthy and function in general. Because that reduces cortisol levels, which recovery, recovery, yeah, recovery. And it's the one of the most important things for recovery, for your appetite. Like honestly, if you do, what, if you change one thing, I would say if your sleep is shit, improve that first, and then shite. Shite. Sleep is shite, yeah. <laughs> shite. Yeah, you fucking idiot. So yeah, basically habits are a really really important thing. So that's your habit. Go to bed late, get less sleep, increases hunger, reduces potential to lose weight, and you will you will move less. Your body will naturally move less because you're tired. Okay. 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 Then mm-hmm. once habits are established, you've got a good habit and good routine. Then focus on your diet and how your routine, how your diet is going to be affected by your routine. So if you're up at 6am or 5am, are you going to be able to have breakfast before that? What's the story with meal prep? Can you actually meal prep? What foods are you going to buy? So I think coming back to those kind of gym programs and stuff, you want someone who's not just going to tell you what to do, but to actually coach you. and coaching is very different to someone who's just going to give you a diet plan all right because coaching is actually understanding the person and what you need to do to advise them and help them to make those changes that will actually last a long period of time okay so sleep is good so basically get more than six hours of sleep because that's key to diet yeah absolutely key yeah okay uh, last question before uh we end it off here is times of eating right oh yeah Oh, yeah, you know. So <laughs> is it, because I, I know you shouldn't eat before you sleep. That's kind of like a thing, right? Mm-hmm. So should you eat most of your calories in the morning after you break that fast? Let's say that, you know, you fast for 16 hours or 12 hours, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Is that when you should get the most amount of calories in? Generally, you should try and eat the majority of your food within sunlight hours. Okay, so. It's like so we'll be eating tonight then. Fuck. Just drink empty calories. <laughs> Fuck, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in general, what happens is, right, so your body, our body kind of functions based on daylight, sundown kind of, right? So daylight, you, your hormones wake you up and you're ready to go. Function, 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 sundown, and then you start to produce um, your sleep hormone. Okay, so your sleep hormone basically is like your rest and digest, where your body is like, this is sleep time. I am not doing much more after this. So your digestive system slows down. So if you think about it, if your digestive system slows down and then you eat a large meal, what's going to happen is you're not going to digest the food properly. It's going to be bloated, probably crampy, not going to sleep properly. And then that spirals again into not sleeping well, hungry the next day, blah, blah, blah. So I would say the best thing to do is try and eat your larger meal at lunchtime and not have a large meal in the evening time. But again, if you're running, you know, doing an Ironman or doing a marathon or you're like a rugby professional rugby player, how are you going to get the number of calories that you need in such a short space of time? So they may need to spread that out between maybe a 16 hour window or a 14 hour window rather than eight. Cool. All right. Um, that's pretty much... Oh, we've been going for about an hour and eight. We've been talking for that long? Yeah. I didn't think I could talk that long. 
yeah well there you go cool thank you very much that was great yeah you had fun yeah it's good very enjoyable love the puns yeah love the <laughs> but so that that image of the steroid that really set me off yeah, yeah. i don't know would i ever come back from that to be honest <laughs> That bad, yeah. So like, my buddy showed me that. He's like, "Hey, look." He's like, "Hey, bro, man, look up, look up, uh, look up, steroid clip." I'm like, "Okay, this can't be that bad." I'm like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) That shit's tricky. That shit's true. That shouldn't be a thing. I'd say it is true. It's like a small little piece. I'm traumatized by it. I'm sorry, Shona. I shouldn't have done that to you. Look, I'll have nightmares about that night tonight. You know what? Um, very much Friday night made. You can you can thank me for that. So whenever you go to sleep, you can be like, oh, wow. <laughs> I in my dreams. I wouldn't call it a dream. I would call it a nightmare. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess our time is almost up. Uh, Sean, I just want to say uh, thank you for coming on. Is there anything you want to give a shout out to before? Yeah. Well, if look, if anyone, obviously, you know, it's not really a book, but just if anyone wants Plug it to check out my fuck. Instagram, it yeah. is The Nutri Show. As I say, I'm not doing a huge amount of consultations at the moment, but if anyone even has any questions, send me a message on Instagram. I have no problem answering them. Um, or an email. My email address is on my Instagram page as well. If there's any queries or questions, then yeah, I'm happy to have a chat. But cool. Hopefully, they, hopefully you don't get a couple people sliding in. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be like thousands running in there after this. <laughs> yeah, you think? Oh, that's funny. Why didn't you do them? Yeah. yeah, please don't sign. Is that, is that like any, I don't want any steroid clip <laughs> pictures in my DMs. You, need just, you wake up morning and there's like 50 messages of just steroid clips. <laughs> That's gonna happen now. <laughs> I'm traumatized. Oh, that, I'm so sorry. Oh my god, you're actually making me cry. Oh my god, oh wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Good cry, don't worry. Oh no, oh, no, not like a bad cry, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's all good. Yeah, cool. that was great. Awesome, yeah. Thank you very much for having me on. I no worries. It. Don't slide into your DMs. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you really gained some insight on life, give it some love. Like, comment, share, do what you can. Love you guys, and see you in the next episode. <laughs>